Welcome to PA Centered, a podcast designed to help listeners be a part of the solution to end sexual harassment, abuse, and assault. Each episode, we will take on a topic or current event to help spark conversation and break down barriers to building communities free from sexual violence. In this episode of History You Should Know, you will learn about 15-year-old Claudette Colvin, who refused to give up her seat on the bus six months before Rosa Parks would do the same. These actions contributed to the Montgomery bus boycott, which has gone down in history as the first large-scale United States demonstration against segregation. Hi, I'm Jeanette, the Registration and Events Specialist at the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape. Welcome to this episode of History You Should Know, part of the PA-centered podcast. To celebrate and highlight stories of people who advance the anti-sexual violence movement, particularly black women, we are sharing a series of shorter episodes so you can learn all about the people and events that contributed to our movement. During today's episode, we're going to discuss the segregation and the laws that govern the Montgomery bus system, how a young Claudette Colvin's actions would give inspiration to civil rights activists in Montgomery, how her story and involvement in the youth NAACP would help to influence Rosa Parks' actions six months later, and ultimately how this young woman's bravery would impact the civil rights movement in 1955 and beyond. As a warning, this episode contains descriptions of racial and sexual violence. Please take care of yourself while listening. First, we need to do a little recap of history from the Civil War through the 1950s. This nearly 100-year period that followed the abolishment of slavery in the Civil War was pockmarked with laws that enforced segregation. By 1896, the Supreme Court ruled that segregation was indeed constitutional in the Plessy v. Ferguson case, declaring that people of color should be separate but equal. As we know, however, life for non-whites was anything but equal. By the time Claudette Colvin enters into this period of history, segregation is the norm in Montgomery, Alabama, and honestly, in most places across the United States. We know that during the time between the Civil War and the Civil Rights Movement, segregation laws ruled housing, schooling, transportation, waiting rooms, offices, grocery stores, drinking fountains, public restrooms, parks, you name it. The belief was that whites do not mix with other races. This isn't to say that whites weren't poor or didn't have struggles of their own, but whites weren't being arrested for sitting in the wrong section of the bus, and people of color risked arrest for living their daily lives. To add insult to injury, black people were often prohibited from holding public office. The message was clear. Whites were superior, and non-whites were inferior. Now, before I move on to Claudette's story, I want to paint the picture of the bus system in Montgomery in 1955. All bus riders were expected and required to pay their bus fare at the front of the bus. However, if there were whites already sitting on the bus, the black bus riders would have to get off of the bus and then board from the back of the bus. It was not uncommon for bus drivers to drive away after having received the bus fare and before their black passengers were able to board, leaving those passengers behind. Furthermore, the bus was used by children and adults alike. 
and children and adults alike would be left behind by these merciless drivers. Once aboard the bus, blacks would have to go to the back half of the bus for seating, and they could not share a row with whites as that would indicate a non-separate equality. Additionally, bus drivers were all white men who enforced segregation. They would often use derogatory terms towards their black riders. If the black section was full and more black people got on the bus, they were forced to stand, even if the white section of the bus was empty. I hope you now have a better understanding of the history and the context that surrounds Claudette's experience. On March 2, 1955, 15-year-old Claudette Colvin and several of her friends and schoolmates rode the bus home, as they frequently did. Claudette and three of her schoolmates sat in the first row permissible for them to sit in. But that day, something was different. Claudette had been known as a student who was dedicated to her studies, and for the past month, she had been learning about Sojourner Truth and Harriet Tubman. That day, a white woman came to the row where Claudette and her schoolmates were sitting, and while her friends got up and moved to the back of the bus, Claudette recalled that she could not move. She said history had glued her to her seat. She stated that she felt like Sojourner Truth's hands were pushing her down on one shoulder, and Harriet Tubman's hands were pushing her down on the other shoulder. And Claudette yelled out, It's my constitutional rights! when she was told by the bus driver and eventually by police officers to move. She later recalled how she remained in her seat because they all paid the same bus fare to ride the bus, and she wasn't breaking a law under the state's law of separate but equal. Indeed, she was sitting in the area that had been reserved for black passengers. Claudette was eventually handcuffed and dragged off the bus and placed in a police car. But remember, she was a 15-year-old girl but the police officers that arrested her made lewd comments and physically and sexually assaulted her. Then they took her to the city jail instead of a juvenile center. Instead of being treated as a juvenile and given community service, which at the time for them would have involved working on farms instead of attending school, she was charged with three crimes, disorderly conduct, which was later thrown out, violating the segregation ordinance and assault and battery because the police were upset that her long nails had scratched them while they were attempting to assault her. At 15 years old, she was thrown into a jail cell by herself. As a note, we should recognize that her juvenile record was finally expunged and cleared this past December in 2021. But back to her story. The three schoolmates that were with Claudette were able to tell her mother that she had been sent to the city jail. Her mother and her minister went to bail her out and brought her home. The family was so troubled that her father stayed up that night with a shotgun ready in case the KKK came to their house. Over the next several months, Claudette became involved with the NAACP's Youth Council in Montgomery. She became close with a friend of her mother's, Miss Rosa Parks. Claudette remembers Rosa Parks with fondness. By this time, Claudette's demonstration on the bus was big news in her area. Several NAACP leaders had been thinking of ways to have a bus demonstration. And Claudette was right. They weren't actually breaking any laws. It was determined, though, that due to Claudette's age, her record, where her family lived, and 
because of her personality being seen as a bit unreliable, that she shouldn't be seen as a symbol for the injustice of segregation. The NAACP and civil rights leaders believed that Rosa Parks would be more suitable for that symbol, and that white people would be better able to accept Rosa Parks. They said that she had lighter skin tone, better hair, and looked more middle class. Additionally, she was a secretary for the NAACP, and she was well known and respected as a maid in white homes. Six months after Claudette refused to give up her seat on the bus, Rosa Parks did the same, and the rest is history that you do know. One thing that strikes me when I learned about Claudette is the fact that this 15-year-old girl was able to do something that had such a strong impact. She understood her rights. She understood the injustices that were being done to people all across the United States under the umbrella of separate but equal. However, she lived her life in the shadows of the civil rights movement, behind the well-known greats. And she says that she recognizes that Rosa Parks was the right person to go down in history as the symbol for the injustices of segregation in Montgomery, Alabama. At the time of this recording, Claudette is still alive. There are several interviews with her that I have had the opportunity to listen to, and I strongly suggest that our listeners do the same. Hearing her story has moved my heart to want to share Claudette's message with anyone who will listen. Her message today has been consistent in all of her interviews. She says that she hopes that her example will show the generation growing up now that progress is possible and things do get better. To keep the faith, keep going, keep on fighting. Thank you for joining me as we learned about Claudette Colvin, the teenager who showed adults an impactful way to change the world. If you or a loved one needs help, a local sexual assault center is available 24-7. Call 1-888-772-7227 for more information or find your local center online at pcar.org. Together, we can end sexual violence. Any views or opinions expressed on PA Centered by staff or their guests are solely their own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of PCAR or PCAR's funders.